All right. It's and it's only going to take 16 minutes to get to the Philly Diner with one L. With what? What? One L. It's, it's, this, place one is in, this place is in New Jersey, and it's called the Philly Diner, but it's, it's more, it looks like it should be pronounced Philly. Oh, you mean like literally there's one L. Literally. I thought you were meant like, like, a, like a weird uh, direction slang. Like, oh, we only take one left turn, one no. L. And this is the one right here. This is the only left turn we've already taking. beat Zoolander. <laughs> As we sit here telling stories till it's quarter after three. Details are so gory, but that's how they're supposed to be. And this waiter must be wondering if we're ever gonna leave. Hello, hello. I don't know why I'm talking like that. I sound like I sound like a goddamn chimney sweep. Ah, anyway, my name is John Kim Fay. Hi, everybody. Welcome to year number two of Talking at the Diner, the podcast where my fellow musicians and otherwise creative types tell me their stories at a diner that, as it turns out, sometimes I get to choose. That was definitely the case for today's episode because. My special guest and I really wanted to get the hell out of Dodge. Dodge being our hometown of Philadelphia, PA, as it was the 3rd of July and extremely crowded and touristy on Philadelphia's sweltering city streets. Who is today's special guest, you might ask? Well, it's one of my best friends in the world, Annalise Curtin, who, unlike Zoolander, is an ambiturner, equally adept at both right and left turns, and she's had to make a lot of them in her life, having made her way through the first decade or so of her adulthood in several different cities, immersing herself into the music communities in those cities. I met her all the way back in 2011 at the open mic at Drexel University, where I was then a songwriting professor at that fine institution of higher learning. Over the next several years, Annalise lived in three different states where she found audiences for her indie folk stylings in traditionally very rock and roll cities like Cleveland, Milwaukee, and Seattle. She's been an incredible friend, and one of the reasons I think I've connected with her so closely over these years is that, like me, sometimes she gets underestimated. Do that at your own peril. She might be physically small, but literally everything else about Annalise Curtin is big. Big personality, big laugh, a big heart, big talent, and definitely a big, big voice. And she's not afraid to use it. If you've never heard Annalise Curtin, she sounds like this. But I'm falling
So let's rejoin our adventure already in progress as Annalise and I head to the Philly Diner. Ironically, not in Philly at all. It's um, just across the Ben Franklin Bridge in Runnymede, New Jersey. Our conversation is coming at you right now, right here on Talking at the Diner. Everything is on the table. Talking at the diner. Get out of this town. It's a madhouse down here already. Yeah. I guess it's. I mean, I assume there's stuff. Big tourist weekend for. (laughs) Someone said happy July 4th to me, and I, I said that's today. And he goes, no. <laughs> it's tomorrow. And I was like, right. Actually, not today. Right. But it feels like it. It's beautiful. I ate all the plums. <laughs> all the plums? Except one. Are you serious? <laughs> Damn. <laughs> That's something I want to discuss right off the top. It's a fruitful day. Yeah. <laughs> My mass consumption of fruit. <laughs> For a person of your diminutive <laughs> size, you're very capable of housing food, I noticed. <laughs> Which is impressive. It's a, it's a tactic of a little sister mm. to make oh, sure right. you get fed. To make sure you... Right. <laughs> well, that is true. Two older brothers always looking for your... Leftovers or whatnot, or yeah, is that the way it was, really? Um, well, Adrian liked to trick me into thinking that he didn't eat something, but he did. So, like, there's a nice uh, picture that I find intriguing, and it's (laughs) it's my 12th birthday, I think, and um, we just we just uh, hung out at home with my dad and my brothers. My mom was away at the time, and uh, my dad got me a, a tasty cake. With two uh, candles in it. Oh, well, that's so sweet. Yeah, it was nice. Very, very uh, Pennsylvania. Yeah. And, Do you remember uh, what kind of tasty cake it was? It was the chocolate with the chocolate icing. Okay. I don't know what they were called. but um, So there's two of them, right? And so we, my dad was like, well, hold on, let's get a photo. Right. So I get the photo, and then I look down, and there's one. Wow. So, that fast. Um, that fast. Just, um. It's all gone. And, wow. Um, you know, like photos back then, you Adrian, had to get them like thief. developed or whatever. <laughs> so I find, you know, two to two to three days later, or however it takes. Um, if the you photos zoom developed. In. It's no, it's literally Adrian mid eating a cupcake. Oh, I thought it was going to be more uh, forensic than that. Like if you zoom in on Adrian's upper lip, there are uh, several dark crumbs of chocolate tasty cake. No, that's if I did it. Because oh, right. <laughs> I get stuff every... There was a girl at school that didn't let me eat cream cheese around her. <laughs> Don't like eat cream forbidden. cheese around I have one rule. No cream cheese no cream consumption cheese by you. Wow. I now, like what is that cheese. rooted in? Did I, obviously, because she saw would, you eat cream cheese at one point. I would actually, like, eat the whole thing of the thing. So, like... Like, you, you'd get them at school, and there'd be, like, a little container thing. Right. Like, single serving. And uh-huh. once I got all of it on whatever I was putting it on, I would take my finger and eat it. And then occasionally would end up Oh, you did the roll face, around the my container? my nose or my hair, you know, wherever it ended up. 
<laughs> but you would take your finger and get every last little morsel of... That's how I live my life. Well, I think that's Everyone very... Everyone should live their life by how they finish. Listen, um, okay, your, your attitude about food waste is right in line with mine, so it's a good thing. Well, let's say it's that and not just that I really like cream cheese. <laughs> you could say it's that. <laughs> cream cheese of the crowd. I have been to the Philly Diner numerous times and I can vouch for those. So is this the one quality. that... Is it related to the one that I used to work at with the cocaine and the cars driving into it? Okay, well... <laughs> Start from the beginning of that. <laughs> so when I met you, I yeah. was working at um, the Philly Diner. But that was in actual Philadelphia. Yes. Okay. But there's also how one many in the L's airport. were in the name? Two. Then probably no relation. So they still got the the cocaine and the cars were in the L, and they took That's that right. out. <laughs> in fact, I've been trying to write a silly song called Cocaine Pancakes. So if you want to that, that powdered sugar on top is not actually... That's not sugar, that's cocaine pancakes. <laughs> you know, for the kids. You know, <laughs> booger sugar, as we used to call it. Which also sounds like a weirdly endearing term. What does? Booger, booger sugar. sugar. You're just not booger it's sugar. It's just a, you know... Well, get over here, booger a, sugar. You know, Let's go I heard that dance. term... <laughs> Oh. Like a oh, really hyper actually, dance. You're actually calling someone that yeah. as a as a pickup line. Like an old man with right. but like an old man in the sense that like um, doing, it's the forties and they're going to a dance. <laughs> <clears throat> or maybe he just really loved cocaine. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Mm. Well, we're four minutes from the diner and already you need to be stopped. <laughs> Cash for junk cars. Oh. I like the use of the four. You know, very John, pr- very prince like on that sign. You're like a junk car I could trade you for cash. <laughs> I have been likened to a junk car many times. <laughs> I, just, I just get propped up on cinder blocks in your front yard. And that's what I do. I'm just around. Is Pepsi okay? <laughs> Did you ever go to uh, Friendly's when you were a kid? I've been once. I, I went once. I forget why. And did you? Were you aware that um, they used to have their own cola, Friendly Cola? Oh, you were telling me this. Oh uh, yeah. Is the diet one unfriendly cola? <laughs> it's very unfriendly. <laughs> it tastes worse than Tab. Oh God. No. Uh, it's not friendly. But you would order a Coke, and they'd be like, "Friendly Cola, okay." You know, that, you know, John. It's very it's satisfying. Not okay. It's not. Well, I knew a kid in college who, like, really was irked by the whole concept of friendly cola. I mean, it sounds suspicious. Well, <laughs> he's like, "Yo, yeah, this stuff ain't no good. I only got one bubble." <laughs> is he from Maryland? He is. <laughs> well, there you go. There you go. Don't they call it like Bomber? Bomber. Bomber. Yeah. Yeah, Bomber, Dundalk, that whole area. <laughs> we uh, went to, well, my parents drove me to Ocean City, Maryland, but they were having a uh, tailgate party for their events. My mom was just like, why is everyone in purple? 
like, like really loud. I was like, oh, God. <laughs> I don't even know anything. I love it. It was great. Your mom was just asking an honest question. I mean, she was. I mean, yeah. You know. Yeah. Do you really expect Judy Curtin, who's lived all over the fucking world, to, like, care about the Baltimore Ravens? Come on. No, no, I don't. <laughs> I mean, she's the only the only team that she's obsessed with is Marquette's basketball team. Marquette? Did she attend Marquette? That's how my parents met. Oh, they met at Marquette. They met at Marquette. Oh. With their jackets. <laughs> That's know. very fairy tale. Um, Marquette sounds kind of French, doesn't it? Anyway. Um, <laughs> Did they? But yeah, no, they share met. a baguette. <laughs> <at Marquette? laughs> Actually, they have a great market there, so maybe. But I <laughs> remember, like, driving. <laughs> Why isn't it called that? Good question. It's just literally called the Milwaukee Public Market. Ugh. Like, what the fuck, dude? That's, that's a shame. Oh, I need to so many things. lost opportunities. If they would just listen to us. Uh, All right. There we go. Wow. Mm-hmm. So you've never been here? No, I have been here. Oh. I believe I said I have been here. <laughs> oh. As opposed to you know never. Me. I'm a great listener. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Oh, oh wait. Oh. I don't know. I feel like this is my worst stop. fear is revolving Thomas. doors. Oh, I feel like I just got off a wall of you. see what just happened there? What? You what are you doing? Do? Do? All right, let's go. Okay, go, go, go. Yes. Uh, I shouldn't have gone the same way. Go, 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 go. All right. Oh, two. John. I'm sorry? First available. Well, prefer in there. Yeah. Oh, there's a there's a commemorative Philadelphia Eagles Cheerleaders Award with a football in it. <laughs> and a baseball. And <laughs> they were they couldn't remember which sports they were for. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I guess this is the menu. I didn't even realize. What did you think it was? I thought it was just a placemat. All right, and... Oh, my God, they have sticky buns. Do you want to split a sticky bun? Yes. Like... <laughs> Always. Oh, my God. The raisin, okay? Is yeah. okay? Yeah, yeah, cool. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm like literally, this like, is the seats that are good for me because I'm literally like. You feel like you're riding in an old car. Not uh, yet. Sure. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. I'll take water and coffee. Okay. Same thing. <laughs> I get the same thing and I always. <laughs> like. Yes. You're like, well, what, what are the options? What do you have here? What kind of liquid refreshment is available? Oh, I might get a, I might get a, like a Benny. Maybe I'll get a Benny. What the hell is a Benny? An Eggs Benedict. Oh. How do you not know this? The diner in your hometown calls them Benny. The, the, the place right next to a line space. Yeah, but I don't remember anything. <laughs> you must remember. That's the only thing I can tell you is you I forget everything. I don't. Who are you? <laughs> Why am I here? You ask me how to get to Westchester from here, I'll never make it home. <laughs> well, I don't know how to get there from here either. 
We have to go back to Philadelphia, then go. Back to Philadelphia. Mm. Are you ready? Yes. Okay, what can I get you? Can we get a raisin sticky bun? Okay. And then, um, could I get, you want it toasty? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, could I get a short stack of pancakes with sausage, please? Can I get a uh, steak Benedict? You're raising the steak and fries? Yes, please. All right. Sounds good. I'll All put right. it right in. Thank you. Thank you. Did you do that because I said it? Huh? Did you do that because I said it? Because you wanted to raise the steaks? So you got the steaks. <laughs> Actually, I didn't hear a word you said. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but now that I know that, I'm going to probably change my order. <laughs> I feel like they're going to cut me off from coffee one time and I'll be like, I only have a sip. Like, <laughs> bring it back. So you drink coffee every day of your life? No. No? I didn't have any yesterday. Oh, right. Okay. Um, well, when you said I haven't had my coffee today, I assumed... I think wrongly. usually I have coffee. Okay. But, like, sometimes I accidentally forget it, which is, I guess is fine. That means I'm not having any withdrawals. Right. Um, but I love coffee, and I think it's a shame, and I get sad when I don't get coffee. So maybe you are a little addicted to it. Well, hundred but the whole curtains are. <laughs> the whole family are okay. The, we have we have a sign in our kitchen that says we can sleep when we're dead, and I'm like that's pretty much our family motto. I mean, we're also very sleepy people, so it's, I don't know. We still sleep, but we're very caffeinated sleepers. But you never sleep. We just never get good sleep. What do you attribute that to? You're all a bunch of go-getters, it seems. Uh, perfectionism, mm -hmm. anxiety, <laughs> depression, got Irish a, angst. Got a good work ethic. <laughs> Cabin fever. Right. I always think I'm always like, yeah, I could just like use a week to just do nothing. And if that happens, I go crazy. I can't do that. I was just talking to Andrea Nardello about this very topic the other day. Because she went on a vacation and she was like... I'm not that good at doing nothing. And I'm like, me neither. Like, if someone told me, oh, we're going to go on a week-long cruise and all you have to do is sit there and, and da 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 I'm like, I hate to say this, but I think I'll pass because I just... I can get all of my sort of like refueling and relaxing done in a very efficient amount of time. Sometimes 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I... It's interesting because like at the same time I don't want to go on a vacation with everything's planned out where I feel like I'm in a rush the whole time. Yeah. Like I need to feel like okay, now I'm ready to go to this thing. Like if you have one thing planned for each day, and, like you're still planning on leaving. But I need like no, no, I can't do nothing. Yeah, you gotta have something. How do you feel about like this whole July Fourth? I feel is canceled thing. Like, are you feeling? I want to like the country, and right now I do not. Right. So, yeah. I think cancels. Uh, Might be a little strong. It's strong in the sense that it's like writing it off to never be fixed again. Yeah. Uh, well, that's a great point because I kind of feel like, and I, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of people with with whom I agree essentially ideologically on many things and it's like 
they're withdrawing from the cultural conversation, whereas I think the time is it's very important for people who don't really like the direction that things are going to like reclaim you know, I it's mean, our country too. Absolutely. And you know, if you're just like America in quotes equals this shitty thing then it's kind of like you're complicit because you're not doing anything to make make it unshitty again. Yeah. I mean, I, I've always lived by the concept of this good and bad people everywhere you go. I never really liked the whole back of, that's an American or that's a... Right. Whatever. Um, and because uh, you can't blanket statement anything. You, but right. You can't, you can't say that about, like, you know, people are like, well, fuck the South. Well, I got news for you. Like, 48% of those people think the way you think. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and then the other issue is people not voting. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I, I think, am I happy with America right now? Am I proud of it? No. I don't know if I've ever been. But uh, would I like to be one day? Yeah. Sure. My family's here, you know? Yeah. I would like to think that we have a positive impact on the world, that we don't treat people like shit. And, uh, I mean, my parents are, are good um, examples, specifically my mom, about doing something about things. Mm -hmm. If you don't like something, do something about it. Yeah. And sometimes you get yelled at and you keep going. I'm trying to be more like that, as uh, proactive, I guess. Um, but it's difficult. It's difficult to be as educated as you need to be about the topic to, to know your opinion about it. I think that's the biggest thing is I don't want to talk about something that I don't know. Mm -hmm. I want to learn about it, and then I want to come up with my opinion about it. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's lots of knee-jerk opinions based on... What's, you can't do groupthink, right? You can't, you can't do groupthink when it comes to politics. You need to understand everything, not just go along right. with whatever is happening. Because that's where things... It's like whisper down the lane. Eventually, right. the, the whole meaning of it gets lost. The long arc of history is why we're here. Yeah. It's kind of interesting, you know, being as I'm... as old as I am... I've been interested in politics since I was, like, really little. Because for whatever reason, you know, my mom got, like, Time magazine, and I would look at it as, like, a, like a seven- or eight-year-old. And, like, the political political comics that they would have in yeah. these magazines. Like, it wasn't, like, Reader's Digest, too. <laughs> I always thought were, like, hilarious. You know, there was... I think it was the year, like, Jimmy Carter got elected... There's this political... I cut it out and I saved it. I might actually still have it somewhere. <laughs> it's like Jimmy Carter in the grocery store and like all of these different people that might be cabinet members, their heads are like in a pile of like their melons and he's <laughs> thumping them. <laughs> and it says, fresh cabinet. Oh <laughs> my like God. thumping these guys' heads. <laughs> oh my God. I mean, it, it's... Now, that's political discourse right there. Uh, I think part of the, the funny part of those kind of things is that it's like, it just kind of still makes sense. Like, when you yeah. look at a joke, you're like, yep, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I think uh, the big issue now is, is kind of like what I was saying before, people just kind of going with whoever is out front. 
as you get mm -hmm. into more extremism on either side, and then, yeah. then you're in trouble. I agree. So well, there's trouble of brewing. <laughs> trouble of brewing, but not this coffee. This coffee is great. This coffee is already brewed, and it's. Do you hate politics? Well, solutions brewing. Hey, I'm a firm believer that if there's ever like you know some kind of civil war esque conflict going on out in the streets, you just get a guy with a private plane and just drop. You know, like candy or like, you know, if, you, if you could like magically drop ice cream cones. Yeah, but then you're going to get hands. that one person who goes, it's poison. <laughs> you no. know, Sally. Yeah, but it would take one person <laughs> to be like, oh, this is really good. You know. We are animals. Yeah. I mean, I like free candy. Dessert unites. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> true. Very true. You know, like some kind of like. Except for licorice. Some kind of easy cookie. Yeah, licorice is a no-go. That's a no-go. Or you could go the Seinfeld route and get the black and white cookie. Exactly. <laughs> Look to the cookie, Annalise. Because <laughs> you know why? We are the cookie. We are the cookie. But you gotta catch up. I... <laughs> I don't know why I almost went to the Grease song. You must have taken an improv class in college or something. No, I but know. I want to. I've been actually trying to get them to do this. You want to do one? Improv class? Yes. Yes. Do it. Yeah. Yes. Well, I would love to do one because they teach you sort of the, the mental concepts of like how to just dive into something. Yes. Like you always say yes to yes. something. Yes. See? Just like you. No. You would be... Fuck no. you. Sorry. All right. See what you did? <laughs> That coffee's kicking in. Yes. Um, I also had like three plums, so. <laughs> I rarely acknowledge that this is a podcast on the podcast, but for those of you wondering about these plum references, there was a bowl of like seven plums in Annalise's apartment yesterday, and now they're gone. Thank you. Very good. Yes. Good oh my Lord. goodness. That is a substantial. <laughs> That's how you know. That's how you know. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. Oh, more coffee, guys? Oh, yes, I am good. I'll, I'll, I'll just bring the pot. How about that? Awesome. Yes. All right, Thank now. you. I'm confused. Is it cut in half or is this one in half? No, it's the top and the bottom. They cut it in half. It's a weird way to cut it. <laughs> are you a top or are you a bottom? <laughs> That has to be said in a British accent, otherwise it's considered more offensive. Um, there's nothing wrong with either way. That's right. So when the Caulfields were um, making our first album, we stole these comic books out of Metallica's studio because they weren't there. And so mine. One of, pretty much. So one of them was this British comic like humor satire comic book called Viz Viz? Viz V-I-Z and it had this character named Baxter Basics and he is a conservative candidate for parliament vote for Baxter Basics your conservative candidate next Tuesday you know and he's got like the horn on the top of the van like the loudspeaker so one of the other candidates who is drawn in a very uh, racist kind of like Asian caricature way right. says, are you a stone or a sponge? 
you know, it's like a three-page kind of storyline. He goes to the gas station to fill up the van, and then he's shown, like, looking at the gas pump, like, hmm. And then he just, like, shoves it up his <laughs> and then it shows him like no, 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 no. Like, like, and then the owner of the gas station comes out. He's like, wait right here. I'm gonna call the fire department. And the passersby are like, oh, he's shagging a van. Oh, yeah. yeah, but he's here. <laughs> you want some more, honey? No, thank you. Sure. I'm very okay? sure. Everything's great. All right, I'm excited about this. What did you call it? Eggy? A Benny. Benny. <laughs> An Eggy. <laughs> yeah, I called it. Would you like little Iggy's? You should like go to Australia to have one podcast interview there if you know of anyone, and then call it Chinwag at the diner. Is that what they call? Apparently. Talking? It's like, a, like it's a way to say talk. I think it's in Australia. You know I've toured Australia, right? No. I have like five streamers, listeners there. We need to go. They love me, I think. <laughs> We're going to go based on you thinking they love you. <laughs> and we'll just roll Everyone the die. Let's go. All right. All right. What did you say they call talking? Chinwag. Chinwag. Chin. Oh, like chin you're chin-wagging. Oh, chin, oh, chinwag. But I like chin-wag. it. I like you're that. Because you're chin-wagging. Oh, because like one time our, our vehicle broke down in this very tiny town called Barnawartha. And we were in this bar waiting for something to happen. And this guy <laughs> came like up. You do. <laughs> what else are you going to do? This guy came up to our drummer and was like, Ah, you're going to spin some yarn. <laughs> I was like, what? Yeah, you're going to spin some yarn. Like he basically wanted him to tell him a story. Spin some yarn. I love it. You should um, have a song. You just get different ways to say one word or one phrase. And that's the lyrics. Well, it just so happens that spin the yarn is a line in talking at the diner, the song. Well, now I have to listen to it again. No. <laughs> Thanks. Well, now you can release the Australian version. <laughs> this is delicious. Having a chin wag at the diner. Diner. Watch out for everything poisonous in our midst. I don't know why I turned to like an old man for why that is part. It, why is everything poisonous? Because in Australia, everything kills you. No. It's a lie. It's a fallacy. Mm. Well, if anything, they're trying to kill themselves. Oh, okay. I mean, not in a suicidal way, <laughs> but they just have like. So one of the days that we were there was toward the end of the whole tour. Our tour ma- uh, tour manager, who was Australian, said, "Oh, can we spend the day at my sister's house? She lives in the rainforest." And we're like, "Okay, we have a day off." So we go, and his sister lives in this gigantic house that he said they moved the house from, you know, Melbourne or wherever into the rainforest. So I don't know how they got this whole house on a truck, but that's what they did. And there's no windows, completely open air, because the temperature is always 
comfortable or whatever. So there's there's like birds and bats flying through the thing like all day. And then come to find out like the tour manager, this guy Trevor, and his friend Dave were like, where are they? And his sister was like, oh, I think they're trying to catch some fish. So there's like a little lake or pond nearby. Well, long and the short of it, they tried to build a homemade bomb that, was gonna, that they were going to detonate with the battery of this truck in order to, we're like, what are you doing? It's like, yeah, we're going to like, you know, detonate this bomb. You know, as you do. And, uh, and you do it in the water and it kills all the fish. And then we were going to eat fish. All of the fish? Because, you know, don't need any fish anywhere. Jesus, man. When you got to eat, you got to eat. Apparently. It didn't work. That's as many plums as I eat. <laughs> fish, plums, whatever. <laughs> but that's what happened. We watched them for like an hour, like, oh, that didn't work. You know, they go back. <laughs> They put more, I don't know what was in the milk jug, which was explosive material of some kind. And they're like hooking it up to a live truck battery. <laughs> All right, turn it on. <laughs> Nothing. Was this like something they'd done before? Was it like, oh, you know what would be fun? Blowing up the fish. If they had done it before. Because it would have worked. <laughs> That's why I don't think they had. Because it was a dismal failure and we all went home hungry. Oh no! <laughs> the only food that got consumed that day was by his sister's daughter, who was like running around with like a, like a salad bowl of custard and just eating it with a tablespoon. What? It's I mean, just, that kind of sounds like something This is indelibly burned in my memory because like, She's this cute little like ten-year-old girl with like no front teeth, oh. eating like custard out of with a, out of a giant bowl with a giant spoon, and just like probably because they keep trying to blow up all the fish, and now that's all she has left is what? custard. But I do remember she called our manager fat. <laughs> Wait, why? I'm, well, it was actually fat and stinky. And the mother's like, Scarlet, behave yourself. Well, he is fat and he does stink. Kids are such dicks. I'm sorry. Oh, no. You know, I'm, I was like, I had a dick move, but it was also hilarious. Oh, my God. <laughs> and her mind, she's just, tell, she's just keeping it 100. Dude, kids don't know what I am. Like, so sometimes, like, I remember something. They, they, they literally, because I'm as tall as them or shorter, and then I look older. And I, I remember, like, my mom, like, I was in a store, and it was this girl and her mom, and I don't know how old she was, maybe five. She tugs her mom's, like, skirt, and she goes, Mom, what is that? <laughs> And she's mom's like, I am so sorry. <laughs> what is that? Wow. And you know, I'm still trying to figure out what I am still, too. Aren't we all? <laughs> Identity crisis started there. <laughs> You're like, what is you that? and me both, kid. <laughs> you and me both. I told you, like, the, uh, the wine story, right, with the children's menu. The whiny story? Okay, so I went out to eat 
with my aunt and my cousin. And I must have been like 22 at the time. Mm -hmm. And uh, they come out and they bring an adult menu for my aunt, two kids menu for me and uh, my cousin. And then I turned to my cousin, I was like, oh, watch this. And they came back and I ordered wine and then something on the kids menu. It was great. It was very As satisfying. As is your right. I don't know how old I was when I realized, like, I think, I guess it was when my kids were little, I would sometimes go to McDonald's and get a Happy Meal through the drive-thru. And I was like, there's not a damn thing stopping me from ordering three of these. Is it? Because it's back cheaper, in the day, it was like, when it first started, it was like a thing. It's like, oh, you can't order that. That's for, that's for the children. Feed the children, John. What about the children? Not Think about, about the children. <laughs> Everything is about the children. So, I was like, fuck yeah, I'm going to get one of these things. I love just like one little hamburger and small fries. Like, that does me just fine. Please tell me. It's <laughs> exactly how you ordered it. I was like, one little hamburger. I'll take a little tiny bit of fries. Just a, <laughs> a little bit. Just a small serving. Yes. <laughs> A wee little hamburger, please. Well, like, I've always had an issue with, like, you know, you want to talk about America in quotes. It's, how did servings get that big? If you go to, like, Europe and stuff, they eat all the time. But, like, overall, in quantity, it's not as much. Right. I mean, no, it's, 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 I remember going to Weight Watchers meeting when I was 12, and, like. Why? On your own volition? No, or? my mom was in it too, and, and it was just, you know, I think it was a difficult time, and we're still kind of in it, to accept your bodies as they are, mm -hmm. and whatever makes you feel good, and it's healthy, and it's fine, is what you are, like the BMI thing is bullshit, yeah. you know? Like, technically, I'm on the borderline of being overweight, if you look at BMI, wow. which not makes sense. No. Um, so... I think the best thing you can do for your children is not comment about your body. <laughs> yeah. And uh, but I think that's it. I mean, if, I mean, if you think about it in the terms of like the psychology around the results of dieting is that you—that's well, the wrong way to put it—but you end up either gaining all of it back or more or whatever and yeah. that's kind of how our society is is, is right. they'll go out to eat eat this huge meal and then not eat for three days and then right. their whole body is messed up it's like and then the, deny yourself and then overcompensate the nine to five like that's not healthy for anyone you know like it's 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 that it's that we're always stressed always rushed and then we have built our lives around eating in a very unhealthy way mm -hmm. so Honestly, it's probably stress more than anything responsible for health issues. Right, because we're always in that mode, and it's like, uh, just just give me this, I'll eat it, you know? Like. Yeah, and then, like, you know, and then, you know, being someone who has, like, thyroid issues and stuff, sometimes you can't help the way your body looks. Like, the times I've been the heaviest, the times I've eaten the, le the least, because mm -hmm. I didn't know what to do other than they say, eat less, exercise more. And then I injured, I injured myself doing that, so. Yeah. When I'm eating, like, what I consider to be kind of a lot, your metabolism just deals with it, and, like, it really levels out my weight. Well, that, because you're not thinking about it. Yeah. That's part of the stress, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, when your body's working properly, it should be able to handle 
Well, that and it's also giving you the actual energy you want. Like I probably couldn't without those seven plums. <laughs> Maybe I didn't. You know, after today, or after I walked that dog tonight, I'll have walked 40 miles this week. Damn. Yeah. That's very impressive. And I used to do that all the time when I was bringing the dog daycare every day. Mm-hmm. Um, but walking's great, and it's. I'm happier. I love walking. And I do that. And uh, that's why we will walk together. We walk the bridge together. Anytime you want, mm-hmm. dude. I'm in. Okay. Lucy likes it, too. What was that song over the side? The, I forget. They look like Sleepyhead, but they um, had a song that I took a walk. I took a walk. Take a walk. Take a walk. I forget the name of the band. Don't know. Good. Is it's it an old song? song? Uh, not, not really. Mm. Uh, maybe ten years or so. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's considered old anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, every time I try to remember like what year we met, I'm like, it's always ten years ago. I'm pretty sure we met in 2011. Ninety percent sure. So now we're in eleven years. Right. I don't know if it's a bad etiquette, but I'm going to not finish this and start this side. <laughs> Do it, man. I'm all about There's etiquette. There's so much more raisins on this I side. I love raisins so much. They're very delicious. I don't understand why people don't have raisins on their sticky buns. Well. I try to raisin with them. <laughs> See? You laugh like me when I'm with this you. Whole, <laughs> this whole thing was just a setup so you could say... I tried to raise him with that. Strategism. Are you excited for Thursday? I'm so excited. Yeah. I mean, I think people are actually gonna go. I got. I have a good feeling about it. I'm. I'm so excited, and I just had that interview, and they're gonna be there as well. Hmm. Um, yeah, tell me how you got hooked up with. They just—they—they they reached out with me to me through my website. I have like a contact me mm-hmm. thing. Um, yeah, and then they were like, hey, um, so that you're playing the show, and, and you want to do an interview beforehand. Awesome. And I said, yes. Very um, excited. And, uh, yeah, and I, it was appreciative the way they, um, kept my personality in the article, because I realized how I talk is so not professional. Because they, they, they're like, in school for, quote, vet technician stuff. <laughs> I was like, yep, that is what I said, isn't it? <laughs> but, you know, it's good. No, it, you know, it, was, it was great. Um, <laughs> that, kind of, that kind of stuff. I like it. I like it. No, it was a great. I was very happy to do it. I like how it turned out. And, uh, I mean, it's always flattering to to, uh, to people interested in you. I don't know. Like, that's such a weird concept. Like, and I, and, you know, it's quoted in me saying that. It's like, I, I'd much rather sing about myself than talk about myself. Mm-hmm. It's still true. Um, mostly because, like, it's weird. It's weird to talk about yourself. But, I don't know. I mean, it's like, it's, oh. <laughs> 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 You're going to quote me in that. <laughs> I'm excited for you because I think you have a very interesting I hate using the word journey because it's overused but you do you've you've had a you had a very unusual is there a dog (laughs) sorry well that's an unusual journey it was a dog it was definitely a dog (laughs) you sure about that 
or a angry, very angry man. He didn't. Sidebar. <laughs> I was at a diner with my daughter a few weeks ago, and we witnessed a full-on choking <laughs> incident. You know, the guy like choked on a piece of oh. ham sandwich or something. <laughs> I like how I'm only worried because I thought you were talking about a dog first. No. This <laughs> is a person I'm like, oh, okay. Well, uh, what I'm saying is, he made a sound similar to that. <laughs> Over and over and over again. And it was like, it's like one of those things where you're vaguely familiar with what's happening, like, across the room. And then the next thing you know, everyone is just like, you know, their fork and knife is suspended in the air. And they're looking over. I don't know what to do with my head. You know, the guy, I think he was on, I don't know if it was like a date per se. But, like, his female companion is, like, kind of, like, pounding him on the back, you know? Like, Way to go, pal. Like, is there going to be, like, a Heimlich situation? It went on for, like, ten minutes. And I'm like... No one helped him? But, well, she was kind of helping him, but it wasn't working. And so, like, me being a dick, I'm like... Are we allowed to take a bite while this is happening? <laughs> <laughs> Or is it respectful just to sit here and just, like, watch this guy choke? <laughs> Seems like his date's going great. He's just getting a little choked up. <laughs> I love how you're so pleased. <laughs> I, I just can't be... My initial reaction to anything terrible is laughing, and it's just terrible. <laughs> I'm an humble person. <laughs> <laughs> You're a horrible human being. Um, or I just look like I did it. What was I talking about before the sidebar? It was uh, a journey. The journey. A journey. Yeah. I mean, you've lived in all sorts of different places. You basically immersed yourself into every music community from in every town that you've lived in. How has that affected you? Uh, it helped me form my personality. Like I, you have to be pretty outgoing to go to like. I never lived in Milwaukee. I never lived in Seattle. Well, I mean, it taught me how to to make friends for sure. I mean, not in, when I was dog training. Um, I had to like learn to talk to people. Yeah. Um, and uh, it was really difficult at first, but um, you end up meeting people that you just get along with eventually, you know. And I found. Those core groups everywhere I went. Well, you thought you found your people in every one of those situations. Yeah, and I still talk to them today. And, and um, I think it's like, how do I put it? I mean, it's, it's like an exercise of like that social interaction, starting off new, completely blank. <laughs> but I did exactly what I did in Philly. When I first moved to Philly, straight to the open mics. Yeah. Met everyone I ever met. Uh, 2011 in Lyon, World Cafe open mic right after the Roots played. <laughs> Remember that? And. Uh, yeah, I've met everyone in that line. Yeah. Um, so, I that's how I figured 
to me. And then I started getting more confident in the way I was performing. Um, and then, yeah, I, I learned to how to not act different around people. Just kind of, be, like, when you're trying to satisfy people that are good people but you don't get along, I learned that you don't have to do that. You just hang out with who you get along with, and that's fine. And um, then I started to realize, oh, I like this kind of music. I like to dress like this. I like, and I wasn't who I was. I wasn't forming my personality by who I was with at that time. And I think I did that for so many years. Like, I just literally didn't know what I was. And so I, my joke is, my, I didn't have a personality to like five or six years ago. <laughs> I mean, I've always had the bad times. So the first five years I knew you, you had no personality. Pretty much. I mean, I would have to say, like, I, you have to have noticed that I'm much more sure of myself in a lot of ways. Well, of course. Well, you know, something that, like, early on, and this is after you had left town. You always made an effort to stay in touch with me. You always had that ability to like stay connected with people, even if you weren't living in their vicinity, which I always loved. I mean, I think a part of that is um, genuine connections you just pick up where you left off. Mm -hmm. All of my closest friends, I rarely see usually. Yeah. And, um, but it doesn't affect our friendship because it's it's just you appreciate the time you have with them and you just catch up. And I think that's like such like a simple thing. Like I think it's putting too much pressure on relationships to try to meet some sort of weird standard. Mm -hmm. But it's really just like, are you having? Are you like uh, you know? It's easy to hang out with you. I feel good with you and. Yeah. and um, I never gave it a second thought. It was, I'm going to Philly. I got to see John. You know, like it's. Well, that just warmed my You're heart. You're Philly. <laughs> <laughs> you were, and and Philly was such a home. It was always my home. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah. I, I think it's just you know making sure that you're surrounding yourself with people you enjoy and that make you feel good and that you make them feel good. Mm -hmm. And that's my favorite part about adulthood is who I've been able to surround myself with. Is I love my friends. It took me a long time to get there. I had a lot of acquaintances for a long time. Yeah. And uh, you know, I have a lot of good friends. And it's nice. It is nice. I feel like I've finally reached that for myself as well. And it's not like I haven't had great friends all along, but like I feel like at this point in my life, I'm so happy with my friend group. Yeah. Because it's just... I think in some situations, maybe earlier in my life, it was one of those things where it's like, I'm giving way more than I'm getting back. Yeah. In a lot of those relationships. And now I feel like it's a very even kind of symbiotic relationship with people. Yeah. And it's nice. It's nice, and I think, especially now, the conversation is surrounding, uh, I believe we talked about this yesterday, but, like, surrounding mental health, of not being a, like, you know, if I'm going through a tough time and you're going through a tough time, sometimes it's not, you're not able to be in the mental space to hear what's going on with me, mm -hmm. and I would always want you to be able to say, hey, not yet. Mm hmm and vice versa, you know? And I think that's such a, a healthy relationship to have with people of saying, like, I'm here 
when I'm able to be. And, yeah. and you should be when you're able to be. You're right. like, hey, I don't really feel like hanging out tonight. Sorry, right. fine. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's just allowing people to be people and not to meet some weird standard right. of, of a job, and, and like, per se. Yeah. There's the expectation factor is... You know, it's, it doesn't play into it. It's, I mean, it's like it's like the, the how not useful it is to compare your relationships with other people, whether it's romantic or friendships. Everything's mm-hmm. different. Everyone's different. Yeah. Um, and you also have no idea what's going on in people's lives. Unless they tell you. <laughs> Unless they tell you. Right. Yeah. But, I mean, that is a, a key thing. It's just, if you overthink your relationships, they're not going to be genuine. You just have to kind of do what Let works. them be. Yeah. yeah. And um, I, uh, I finally got that way with this. Am I that way with music yet when it comes to overthinking things? No, I overthink everything. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, little by little, trying to go through my life, just trying to be okay with um, the way things naturally occur and happen. Yeah. Uh, it's not easy, but as much as like some stuff about this year has been really tough, like overall, I know what my what I want to do now. Mm-hmm. Always know what I want to do music. Kind of come to terms with my dual passion of animals and, and yeah. music, and um, I'm really working hard to like put myself out there more and say yes to more things yeah. and do more things. And, collaborate with people and, and uh, it seems to be paying off and, and I, I feel like it's kind of the head of the show of like kind of like the, proof of the stuff I've been trying to put into my songwriting yeah. and abilities and the music and community and all that and I'm just excited to yeah, I'm, put it together yeah. and um, I love performing and I missed it so much and I'm a little bit of an adrenaline junkie when it comes to it and yeah. I miss it. I mean, if you think about it, and I, I say this a lot, but I believe it wholeheartedly, is that I, I think music is the deepest way of communication. Or art, really. Mm-hmm. Art. Um, it's like giving your journals over to each other and just kind of reading, and you're like, oh, I know who you are now. And it's getting in touch with parts of you that you don't even know yourself. Yes. That someone else might understand. And as you express that, then they start relating to that song, and then, then it's like a, a bond that's unbreakable because it's whether it was a traumatic experience that it's recalling or whatever it's mm-hmm. you're bonding on levels that genu- just uh, everyday conversations don't do yeah simply by sharing that part of yourself with somebody you you are letting them in on a piece of you that no one sees and you know like songs like that like speak when I wrote that I was 16 did not have any relationship mm-hmm. tried did not <laughs> try. <laughs> uh, I asked a few people out. Actually, <laughs> did not work out. Good for um, you. Poor Annalise. Anyway, <laughs> I I related to that later when I was in a, a kind of more of a toxic relationship where I really couldn't speak for myself anymore, and I lost my identity. And and that was the song that made more sense to me at that time. And I was like, that's weird. And then with Battle, I didn't know how much. I mean, I, I kind of wrote up a little bit about that, but like that just related to like previous medical PTSD like I didn't know if I could be in a relationship so then like but I didn't know that's what it was about it just right. it hit there me like 10 years later yeah, the, yeah there was just a, a, your subconscious knew but yeah. that doesn't mean that your conscious mind can really 
wrap I didn't even have a voice it. when I wrote that song. I was sick still because when I, my thyroid first went off, I was sick all the time. Oh, yeah. And I had no voice when I wrote that song, but it worked because it was like, it's in my, my vocal range where it like breaks a lot. Mm-hmm. The center of my voice is the hardest. And uh, it just, it works. It's that, it's not pretty. It's just... Life's not pretty, John. (laughs) But you know, but yes, I mean, those are the two songs I would say the most are are those songs for me. Is that I did not realize how sad I was in that time, or scared I was in that time, and then was speak. I just gave my future self advice. Yeah, good way to look at it. It's weird. It is weird. But I took it. I took the advice. And still. Oh, I have raisins. You have on. a raisin on you. <laughs> <laughs> this wouldn't be a meal without Annalise getting food on. That was very profound, and you had a raisin on your elbow the whole time. <laughs> that was that was the source of all of my knowledge. <laughs> Annalise Curtin, everybody, soon to be paid influencer for both raisins and plums. <laughs> I think Big Fruit just found their spokesperson. Hey, Sunmade, holler at your girl. You can find Annalise on Instagram, by the way, at Annalise Curtin. Short and sweet, very simple. And uh, you can also go to her official website, AnnaliseCurtin.com. You can also look for the first ever a Curtin J.K. Fay collaboration coming sometime in the near future. Uh, we just have to, you know, re- record it and release it. Um, but look for it. It's a song called Ghostwriter. We've played it out a couple times, and uh, I have to say, it's pretty, pretty, pretty good. I want to thank Annalise Big pun curtain for an incredible conversation and for over a decade of friendship full of laughs, french fries, and now raisins and other fruits. And thank you for listening today. Let's do it again next time, right here on Talking at the Diner. Everything is on the table when we're talking at the diner. Talking at the diner Talking at the diner Oops. How did that happen? What happened? Do you have a raisin on me too? No, I have no I don't have a raisin on me, but I have um Benedict sauce on my phone. <laughs> Well, you've been a dick. <laughs> well, you've been a dick all your life, so you serves you right. This is my favorite Billie Holiday one. Straight through Sunday blues. Good morning, heartache. Here we go again. Good morning, heartache. You're the one who knew me when. I just want to sing this with a glass of wine. Thanks <laughs> to you. Swirling it like this. Good morning, Arnie. Sit down.